than some putty eye, even if we day old, y'all put your hands up, nah, put your hands down, put them in the ground, mix it with the brown, it's that new sound, even if it's age old, fresher than some putty eye, even if we day old, oh, Not too many can never buy too many seeds uh, <laughs> but happy to finally uh start from my own localize yeah. yeah bro it's the whole it's the whole jam yeah okay. been working on um yeah just a little greenhouse starting a bunch of seeds tomatoes a little pre-spring but just jamming. Cool. Finally got some rain in California. <laughs> That's good. How how are how are folks doing there with the uh bad? Yeah. Bad. They're just freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Same. Freaking out unnecessarily, I feel. But we'll see. I've been uh Thinking of some alternative toilet paper. Oh, so well, so in the Philippines, they just um, they just do um, you know bidet style, or you just take a bucket of water and just uh, wash your ass that way. Oh yeah, I was just gonna use some mullein, throw it in oh. the compost. Bro, yeah, that's nice and soft, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah no it's uh it's kind of weird kind of weird to see like certain businesses are like no one's out certain businesses like non-affected but i think it's age age type you know dynamic uh i don't know though i don't know so we just bought like 300 pounds of sugar. Um, Literally, I was just thinking I need to go to the store and just buy all the brown sugar I need for at least a year and a half. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I just see the the sugar, like if, if, you know, like I just see economic slowdown coming because of this panic. Mm-hmm. And then it, I don't think it's going to be as easy to get like, you know, 50 pounds of brown sugar. So yeah. I'm just buying it today. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm gonna use it anyway. It doesn't go bad. I'm I'm putting it in the in storage totes, and then I bought silicon seal, and I'm just sealing the top of them. And so we just put put all that sugar in totes, and then sealed it, and now it's just chilling. So there's plenty. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. There's a bunch of different like I bought a ton of rye berries for different inoculation projects, and like. It's just little things that if things do go bad, you do want to have a some sort of starter culture, you know, that you can, you know, kind of go from. Uh, obviously, the brown sugar wouldn't last forever, but it's a good start to feed feed those plants and get everything growing and going so you wouldn't have to even use brown sugar again. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I'm using it to grow more brown sugar. I hear <laughs> specifically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, actually kind of on that topic. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well you know, you would just dive into it and get, get, get yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, well yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No. So, um, brown sugar, I'm, I'm starting a little farm. It's going to be called brown sugar farms. Uh, my last name is Brown, Brown Sugar Farms, you know, I think it's, uh, 
kind of all just right kind of fits in just right that is that is just like too perfect man right i really like it right you know the sugar is just that sweet talking at the market selling them selling the good you know sending the good word of the natural farming and uh yeah that's pretty uh just when i hear brown sugar now i'm like okay yeah that's yes yes bro it's totally you it's like it's it's like it's exactly it's like it incorporates like the korean natural farming of using the sugar and then it's like you got your name in there and Mm -hmm. you're so sweet man that (laughs) (laughs) exactly people are like oh like i work at a nursery and i help people like find plants all day old you know ladies and you know they're looking for their camellias and their roses and different flowers and stuff so like i don't know it's uh yeah i'm so stoked on the name i only have two sugar plants going but sugar cane say again you're growing sugar cane yeah yeah a lot of asian farmers out um south sacramento area will sell them at farmers markets and just they taught me about it and like oh yeah you can grow it just taught me how and like taught me how to propagate them and i've been growing them for a minute and wow. uh, so I, I was i was unaware sugar grew in the sacramento area i mean that's just yeah like, apparently they grew a lot of it back when they used to grow like hops and other things like big time from like ukiah to like you know south it's not south central south bay area different places where it's not like so hot more tropical huh because i mean they they always say like that's one of the things about korean natural farming that like is is kind of poo-pooed upon is like like sugar's not natural to these areas. You know, people always say it's more of a tropical thing, but that's that's incredible to me because you guys are you're, you're much further north. You're not in the tropics. I mean, that's for sure. No, no, but it is technically considered subtropical. Like Mediterranean, subtropical, like I actually know, I mean, the bottom of California would be subtropical. Where I am is like Mediterranean, but it's I'm on this fine line in Sacramento where we can grow just about anything. Guavas. I, I just planted like five kind of guava. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. I, you know, cause that's, that's, that's awesome. Cause that, what, what about bananas? Would bananas grow? Yeah. Cakey yeah. just came back. The cakey where I, where I put it, like I didn't even think it would transplant and it totally died back. It totally came back. I uh, just noticed it the other day. Wow! So, so that's cool because I mean, a lot of a lot of people also in natural farming always say like, "Oh, you guys are so lucky in Hawaii with your your fruits, but like like guavas and things." But if you can grow them there, it's like, and, and, and you I guys, use, yeah, yeah, yeah. I use the bananas mainly for you know just ferments and stuff. Like, I haven't got any fruit out of them, but when it shoots out a bunch of you know shoots, I just ferment them so you're fermenting the keikis like like yeah 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 um only once because i had kind of like a not failed transplant but moved it and accidentally cut it so i was like you know what i'm gonna ferment this this is still a shoot and it's like it was way it was like way bigger probably like two feet so yeah cool yeah, yeah. Any, I mean, for us, anytime bananas blow over in the wind or anything, you know, just uh, chop. If there's green bananas on them, just chop them up and ferment them. You know. It's yeah, like, yeah. There's a there's a few really cool people on Craigslist, and they sell different plants, little like home nurseries. There's this one guy out in the South area, and it's a little bit warmer out there, like sea level damn near but just doesn't get the foothill coolness that i get in the north side Hmm. and he grows a bunch of different kind of banana i've seen pictures of his fruit on the banana so it's 
it's possible. And I uh, just waiting, just waiting to see. I got a couple different kind from one guy. Cool. Well, I know, I know, uh, Jeff Merriman up in Washington. He's he's also growing a banana, but it's a uh, it's some specific variety. It's like a blue banana or something that he's. I mean, you got like a twenty-four phone phone call ring. Yeah, <laughs> Jack <CTU>. Bauer. <laughs> I like that. I watch that shit. It programmed my mind to think terrorism was just normal. Done. 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 Right. You know what? You know what tripped me about out about the show twenty-four is they never show them eating or getting stuck in traffic. No, Which, no, I'm just like, none of that. in 24 hours, there's none of that. Yeah, like zero traffic. Like, they're just like, we're here. It's like, what? Wait, no, that would have taken you at least 45 minutes to get there. <laughs> Nor did they have to do any, no other call comes in besides what's going on. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing else that comes up. No, they, they should call Jack Bauer and he's like, bro, I'm taking a shit, bro. Like, call me back in five minutes. No, <laughs> like, the, the terrorists already called me. I'm working for them. What do you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that that actually got me, just like you said, totally programmed to think it was normal and, like, started me on my X-Files journey and, like, I already seen this episode of coronavirus x-files it gets leaked out of russia and <laughs> i already seen this yeah 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 i'm i'm not i'm not sure what to think about the whole thing coming down on us so but. i think uh it's gonna i have a bunch of forage books like hoping to take a few people on a walk uh after this rain everything should be you know tip top and nice and clean and just kind of show people how easy it is to find food. Well, well Hey, that's the, so yesterday I was interviewed by um, Shango loss of shaping fire. And, oh, okay. and, he, and he was asking me, he's like, you know, people are in Babylon and they want to do ferments, but they can't. And I'm like, you know, when I was in LA, I walked just down the street and in the budget rent a car parking lot was enough dandelions to build a year's supply of ferments for like 20 acres. <laughs> yeah. And I think and it, that there's skepticism of doing stuff like just right on the road. And it's like, no, do it and use it on that space and remediate it. Like don't well, eat that and, stuff maybe, but yeah. Well, and through the fermentation, it's probably going to break down those toxins. And it's and it's not to say yeah. like any of the food you got at the store didn't have those same Isn't emissions that, on yeah. it. It's like, come on, it's you're you're taking not that big of a risk, you know, for the amount of goodness that can come from it. Well, well so this is like like you knowing Korean natural farming. Now you look around and you just see resources everywhere, mm -hmm. right? And like learning the like plant succession, you can kind of see like, oh, this needs that, or that might have this kind of mushroom, or like that that might need this kind of whatever. And yeah, totally. You see all these different areas and how they need to be treated. It's kind of wild. Well, for for you, are are you right in the city? Or yeah, you are. So do, yeah. are you able to find like? uh natural farming resources right around you oh totally totally mugwort grows california mugwort grows all along the river so so yeah. just a small little walk and it's just like right there and in, in, in abundance and no one's no one, like the people think it's a weed probably right yeah totally and i mean i've got to drive 10 minutes to get to the river but that's it like it's right through right through town though like i could ride my bike but like for the sake of like getting the ferment home and like getting it in the sugar, like sometimes I've even brought sugar out there. Like after kind of, at first I was like, all right, it's gotta be the half, you know, weight, third pound or third of the weight. But then I kind of got it and then just bring a little brown sugar out there with me and then do it in the car and pack it and then bring it home. That way it's like nice and fresh in the morning. Um, most of the time you don't have to pay for parking because you're going so early. 
<laughs> city problems, man. I tell you, right? <laughs> the hardest part of get, getting your stuff is paying for the parking. Yeah, they're like, uh, no, you actually have to pay to get in this way. And I'm like, all right, no, I'm just going to go park down the street. You're going to make me walk farther. Or, <laughs> but yeah, I'll go during the day and just check them out and like do different hunts and walks. And I've kind of like got certain places for certain things that I like. A lot of fennel that grows around wild. Um, I use that a lot. I get a lot more juice out of that than the mugwort. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, I use the mugwort a little bit more sparingly. I use a lot more of that uh, fennel. I mean, fennel, fennel also seems really, uh, really potent. Like when I, Oh when yeah. I, oh yeah. That it's licorice like, is just, yeah. It's like real aromatic, yeah. you know, that, that must be a, so, so you're making fermented plant juice with it. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of just teas with that, which is just really, or like, you know, just ferment it in water and kind of stir it every day or so, and then use that. But I've made a good FBJ out of that, which was just like, it's, ooh. and then, yeah, if you put it in the fridge, which I have to do here, because we range of temperature is like 30 degrees like on a regular day. Yeah, yeah, it's not good for those ferments outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it'll get hard and like it's like candy when it comes out. Like if it's if you get to it while it's still like hard in the fridge, it's just ooh. That fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you um have you ever taken the the fennel like after you pour off the FPJ and then add vodka in like you're making an OHN to it? Uh I have not. I have not. That sounds like a great idea though. Cuz I just, you know, smelling the fennel it, it reminds me like you said the licorice, you know, and so I think mm-hmm. that that other, you know, like that you need like the alcohol would would bring out even, you know, like you'd get a second extraction out of it. You know, I, th- I think you could do it like the OHN process where you don't pour off the FBJ and then you just dump in the alcohol or, or I, you could, or you could pour off the FBJ and then you dump in the alcohol to like your residuals, you know, and I yeah, still think you'd get an amazing ferment out of it, you know, like, like a tincture, different, um, different compounds from it. I've been definitely trying to open that like idea up with a couple of people I know tincturing and like breaking those cell walls open just to get to the medicine better. And, uh, yeah, I think this year I've got to find some sort of process just to do no waste, you know, cause that's like no waste at all. You're using every single part of it. Um, and yeah. No, well, that, yeah. I mean, I've uh, well, after, I mean, after you, t- uh, fermented and then you tincture, then, then you're, yeah. It, so, so I learned, I just to share with you, I learned some interesting vocabulary about that, that the, the stuff that's left over at the end, they call the mark and the stuff that comes out the juice is what they call the menstrum. The menstrum. Hmm. The Which mark, like, the menstrum. Yeah. And menstruum is like, you know, same as ladies menstruate, yeah. you know, so it's like this. Um, so, so just interesting vocabulary. Yeah. It is because it's like, it almost like to me, a mark, like that's a, a man's name or like say, Oh, that guy's a mark. Uh, so it kind of like, it's like the body is like the man and like the, the soul and like the juice is like the female, like part that you really want. Um, because like when you're farming, you're really looking for that reproductive stage, right? You're not looking for the male part most of the time, but you're looking for the fruit or like, I mean, you want the male there. You want the structure part there, but you want the juices, you want the fruit, you want the sugar out of it. Um, yeah, that's the other thing on the brown sugar thing. Like that's what I'm farming is sugar like in all different ways like if it's corn if it's sorghum like that's what it is it's it's all sugar 
that's that's an interesting way to think about it like like just different combos of sugar like different flavors of sugar Mm -hmm. and like i don't know when i was in hawaii and you were explaining the explaining about the sugar and talking of it like a crystal you know it it's these minerals that are in the earth and they're come out of the earth and like it's like plants are producing these minerals that we don't even we eat them up so quick they're so just they dissolve so they're like it's just wild it's wild the uh molecular structure of sugar and like how that like forms other things it's amazing well yeah like to me to me the carbon chain of sugar it's it's just like a shorter chain of the same as like gasoline and so it's this same like you know like nature nature you know we think it's so complex but in actuality it's pretty simple it's just running on these carbon chains and certain carbon chains have certain keys and certain enzymes that make them activated and that's like we're we're, we're essentially running like a gas engine though on sugar you know it's kind of interesting idea sugar and dmt right like <laughs> like that's in all that's in all the plants right that's what they say (laughs) just sugar and a little dmt that gives them different flavors different amounts (laughs) as some trip to a different level to crystallize into a different body in the matrix like (laughs) (laughs) just sugar and dmt (laughs) that's hilarious like the, the sugar it's just like you drop a drop of dmt into sugar and all of a sudden it starts like turning into like life <laughs> add a little water and it's like oh <laughs> yeah i feel like i mean so that's i mean my point really for seriousness is that like i just went to a mushroom talk and the dna um Mushroom Talk with Alan Rockefeller, Mm. who is this, like, just citizen scientist that he helped get um, psilocybin decriminalized in Oakland. Oh, cool. Cool. I I didn't know that was the the case, but that's awesome. Yeah. And he's just, like, the leading picture taker of mushrooms. Um, Spends half of his year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sequencing them and... Oh, he's like a cataloger then. Yeah. And he spends oh, like half his year out in Mexico, like where no one else is, just finding new species all the time. Wow. But like when we were talking about the psychedelic mushrooms, all these different sequences of DNA look all alike. Right, it's just different forms of where it is in the earth, how it became. It's just like plants. It's like sugar is that catalyst in all things. It's delivered different ways. It gets a bit more bitter or more sweet with you know different things, or more absent or more present. So it's kind of it just ties into this balance of like you know, nature. Well, I mean, that's making me think that, that you're saying the same DNA pattern is found in all these psychedelic things. Maybe, maybe that DNA is holding a certain like energetic resonance. In that yeah. Energetic- yeah. That's what I'm saying about the DMT. Like, so they say DMT is in all living things. And if huh. it's the DMT molecule is like the most simple, like, let's say it looks like this. And like then- a square. Yeah, and then mushrooms looks like this. It has a and square then, like, thing coming off the side. LSD looks like this. It has and then same thing, like, but two ayahuasca looks up. like this. It's coming down. It has more fingers coming off. So so, yeah. so you're saying DMT is that initial cube, and then all other psychedelics are that cube with then enhancements, like antennas on them sort of thing. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. And DMT is the building block of all those? Yeah, that's why, like, Terrence McKenna, he says, like, you don't need to go to the Amazon and experience ayahuasca. Just take five grams in silent darkness. Like, you can get that 
you can get the same DMT that you're looking for, but it's just how you can get it and how you can make it to that. Well, like, you know, David, talking about going into the cave, like, we have it in us, but it's just about how we make it. Well, yeah, well, yeah. So, so I mean, because if it's in the in each cell, then then it would be kind of this building component. Maybe it's like this core thing that, that yeah. And then and then you would synthesize it, right? Because if it's mm-hmm. in everything, you, you to make a new cell, you would have to create more of it, right? Just like we synthesize plants and like not synthesize it, but like I don't, I don't know if the synthesize is the right word. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 not synthesize, but like like manufacture. I don't, I don't know. Cultivate. Yeah. Okay. Because you cultivate, I don't know. But either way, like things change, they evolve, evolve maybe is the word. Um, Almost I feel like, make, like more complex, like 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 um, like fractally, like complex it, you know. Like like that spinning like object or that spinning uh, image or just more fractals and more fractals. And like the longer it goes, the more fractals, there's just always more variation. There's always going to be. But, but, but like, but yeah, you know, so in a fractal, it's kind of, you get into this idea of recursion and in recursion, you have some like base case and maybe the base case, like the simplest case is DMT, but the further you go up or down the fractal, the more complex it gets into these other compounds. But like DMT mm. might be the base case, the base, like, I don't know, reality builder or something. I, I'm not exactly sure how, how yeah, it all yeah. works. Or like creates consciousness of like, of um, choice or something. I don't know. Maybe it's like a gate where it's like you can go left or right, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then that's what creates choice in the world. And I mean, like plants choose, you know, they make decision of like, all right, this is the best place for life. I'm going to stretch here. Right. So it's not like, yeah, choice is like a really good word. But like, I think some people think of choice as like, oh, yeah. Plants don't make choices, but they kind of do. Or choose not to grow or like. Well, it's, it's, to me, to me, it's interesting in a plant because you look at it and like, like it's like if light hits a thing, then certain growth hormones go there and it causes it to grow in a certain area. So to say to choose like in human life, it seems like we can choose this way or that way. And we're not as like relying on our, our hormones or and like things that are mm. exuded, but, but to a degree, I believe that our free choice, like I just fasted for a week. And let me tell you, like the freaking microbes were mind controlling the fuck out of me the entire time. It made me an asshole for a few days then it gave me like all kinds of, but the microbes were controlling my mind. So when I thought I had so much free choice, just like, you know, you could say that I didn't, I didn't, I was like a plant. Yeah. Like if I didn't get this, I needed that. So I would go get like, get me those donuts, man. You know, <laughs> mm. I guess that's, yeah, you're right. It is, it is more like, it is more like cause. Well, well, we as humans think we got all this free choice and we look at the plant and say, oh, it doesn't. But like you're saying, it is choosing, but it's choosing in this real natural way of like what makes the most sense. Like it's going to grow to where the light is. And that's like, maybe that makes it's because sense. I choose like that. <laughs> yeah, you natural, natural vibrations. <laughs> yeah, well, because I've been trying to stick to this biodynamics pretty heavily. And like, Plant on the flower days, plant flowers on the flower days, plant for root growth on the root days and like do that whole thing. I've been kind of in this other world, in sync world that's like, wow. So that's like, yes, it's a cause, but it's like the causes are already there. Yeah, yeah, it is the causes. We're the only people that make choices. We could choose to plant it on the right day. It's going to grow either way. It'll wait till the right day to grow. But if we plant it on the right day, it'll grow faster. If you synchronize. Yeah, if you synchronize. So I guess maybe I'm I'm kind of like thinking, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna grow when they want to grow, like when it, when the causes are all right. Well, I, and I, that's I feel- like 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, I feel like our modern world disconnects us from that. But as you're like uh-huh. consciously like forcing yourself to tune back in, now you're mm-hmm. getting back into this bigger natural cycle that you're you're more in tune. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I got to plant, I was like two plants shy this morning away from getting everything in the ground. And then it started raining. And I was just like, oh so you're like synchronized with like the whole macro micro like yeah and i was like okay no i got this i looked up i looked out you know it's just it's i think it really pays it pays off not just in the you know plants it plays off in like life well so i i've had this i've had this feeling before where um i've sprayed a bunch of microbes and when and and as I spray them, I feel like um, you know, like they start uh, respirating and coming to life and bringing this whole field of life. And then like weird weather phenomenon will happen. And I and I and I always feel like, oh, it's because of this. You know, I get that like ego gratification of I caused this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it when you're just in tune. You know, like when you're in yeah. tune, it's like. It, it, it's as if you caused it to happen, but it's not. It's just because you're in tune and it's lining up. But it's with not. You. I literally it's power. just looking at my weather and like planning it out. And if I didn't do it last night, I was going to do it this morning if I had time. But it just when things when you have enough time and you're like planning ahead, and like becoming more of a farmer is pretty much what I'm saying. It's like becoming a real like. Not just, oh, I'm doing this because I like it. It's like, oh, I'm doing this because it's my life. Like, it's just what I'm doing. It it reminds me of uh, the Carlos Castaneda, like, moment of power type of thing. When you're, like, a full farmer and you line up with the power of the universe, like, you are that guy, you know? Right? Uh, Yeah, big things kind of falling together. Um might be might be getting trying to get my paperwork together trying to get certified so i can sell food Um, like organic no i don't i don't know about how organic uh i'll get i mean like for certifies like certification i don't know how quick i'll get that certification talking to a few folks they'd already buy my stuff without it being certified a couple natural food stores um great yeah and then a tea shop growing some herbs and stuff but yes still looking into all the certifications for organics and thinking that probably be a couple years down the line but yeah just trying to get up and running so i can sell food herbs yeah totally totally Hey, so yeah, I gotta I gotta follow up with you on on your class and your certification. Make sure that's all good, and yeah. I gotta get you an orange hat, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have an orange hat. Yeah, yeah. So all, all all my students, that's that's what I'm up to. This, so I just I've been getting serious about organizing natural farmers and just connecting because yeah. you know, like like you, I mean, I, I've seen you, like I see you, and then we have this great time, and then and then I don't see you, and then it's like, but you know. I just, I just want to be in touch more often and just like, yeah, because I know you're doing great things. Well, I think it's all about like Instagram and Facebook are a great platform, but like, uh, I don't know, maybe some sort of um, something on the microbial secret society, some way to post things but they have to be a little bit more put together you know not just oh this is what i'm doing a couple pictures like hey this is what i got going this is a year update you know fall update uh you know just like you're doing reaching out to folks getting them on the show talking get them to write a little thing about updating the whole community of what they're doing. You know, maybe I didn't even realize there's some other folks that are close by. Uh, actually, yeah, we're trying to get a little cipher together. The fermentation cipher. 
a couple of folks I just learned are doing natural farming out this way. Um, really stoked on that. Well, that's the thing is, is from, from what I've been doing and then from people just, um, going on the internet and other people, you know, teaching, learning, it's, there's actually a really big community now. It's and getting it, big. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not like just talking about it around the cannabis community and they're going, oh, okay. You know, I'm talking to it around like real farmers and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're doing. I mean, most of us all have different ties to cannabis things that we're trying to help them or trying to make them more organic or something. So like they hear about it, but I just got linked up with this guy. Uh, shouts out to Maddie up in North San Juan. Um, yeah, he plugged me in with a bunch of cool people, uh, started learning how to graft actually. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I, I just, just, I just grafted an avo tree. It didn't, it didn't take, but that was my first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's wild. It's a wild little, uh, yeah, it's trippy. Just learning though. Just learning, uh, beginning stages. So, I mean, to me, to me, KNF plus this, it's, it, you know, grafting. It's like, it's the ultimate alchemy. Oh, it was just like, and I was trying to think of like ways where we can get rid of the glue. And I was trying to think of like some sort of, like, if you got the IMO and you, IMO too, right? you've got your seed IMO and you like strain the rice out of it or like get the clumpiness out of there and like resaturate it or thicken it up some way with sugar, throw that on, like dip it in there instead of glue. Oh, put an IMOs right on the tip and just healing properties all throughout there. I just feel like, there's a lot there's a lot to expand on natural farming and like modernize it because we have all these different tools and like techniques to make modern things more natural. So so that makes sense to me. I mean, you're going to kind of take the starchiness of the of the rice to form almost like a mochi how like like um but like but it's already inoculated. I wasn't thinking that. <laughs> no, like, you, like I almost thought make smart, a make a smarter, glue out of smarter. it. Now I was thinking the I was thinking the liquid out of that, but oh. that's even smarter. I was thinking the starch is so sticky. Like that's that's yeah. you can you can use like starch to like patch if things. You just blended that up, it would already have that stickiness to it, and it's inoculated. And and maybe I and I I don't know maybe a little calcium hardener I I I don't know I don't know like some no, I wouldn't you, add anything to it the glue is so runny I just feel like it just needs to be sealed uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things I got to think about probably on that one but yeah yeah well definitely definitely the lab in there too like like with you know with the like when you're it just yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, I, I, you know, it'd be interesting to see how much LAB is in the seed IMO. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> like all the different families. And I was actually thinking when I was listening to Alan talk about his sequencing of all these different mushrooms, like there's a public open to the public laboratories in Oakland we can get stuff examined and tested for different things. And like, I feel like I need to take more stuff in and like look at stuff or like even send it because I'm, I'm one I'm, test result really talks numbers. Like if you say, this is my average that I do, you know, I, I'm, I'm really like with someone, someone, cause in Hawaii, we don't have access to that kind of lab, mm -hmm. but, but where you, you know, if you say they have yeah. it there, I'm only it's, an hour and a half away from a bunch of different kind of facilities. Yeah, because so 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 like like what you bring up in this topic of of like testing natural farming things. So for instance, the other day I was telling people about the fish amino acid, 
And I was like, this is raw fish and sugar that was put in a bucket. And here's a year old batch. And it just smells so smooth and just like this. You can just smell the complexity in it. And, and I told him, I'm like, my friend took this to a lab and he had him analyze it. And they said there are less pathogens in here than an average person's kitchen. <laughs> so most kitchens are more filthier than this raw fish and sugar that was left in a bucket for a year. And so, but, the, but because of yeah. the lab analysis, we now know it's chock full of LAB with, and without that, it's like, I, it was just a mystery. You know, people would ask me, oh, is this dangerous? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've got my FAA right by the door and this like corner and people see it all the time. It says salmon and like September a date. 2019 <laughs> and i'm like just poured some off my friend smelt it and he was like like I, he was expecting like flies or something like he was like, like why are you keeping this in the house and like, like a zombie smell yeah no there was just nothing and it's just sweet it's plants reacted amazingly day later it already i mean i reused a bunch of soil like it was it was probably a little low on just food and just put that in there and everything sparked right up i mean that's that's why i call it the fuel i mean you throw it on it's like throwing gas on a fire it's just like you know it just rages yeah yeah that's, that's um, interesting. You made it. You made it from salmon. Where Where'd you source that? Uh, my cousin's boyfriend just caught it in the river. Hmm. Yeah, so, they so run it's like... up the river. They run up the American River. Um, yeah, there's a hatchery and everything. Like, I was actually thinking about going to the hatchery to like get a bunch of see what like they do with their waste. Like, there's got to be they got to be doing something with it, but who knows. Uh, that'd be cool just like like just give them a um uh a bucket of sugar and with a little scoop in it and an empty bucket or you know and just tell them oh anytime a fish dies just put it in here and then cover it with sugar yeah (laughs) and then you go back and you just get these buckets full of like fish and you know and and they're perfectly done for you you know it's like right like they probably go through a lot because they cut some open to like check eggs and like do stuff like that. And at this hatchery, I mean, I, I haven't been probably in like 14 years, but I went on like a field trip, right? I remember them cutting open a bunch of fish and like us looking at them. And there's got to be some, there's got to be a lot of fish waste around. Yeah, that's that's a cool idea. I mean, all these things, you field trip as a kid, <laughs> they remember, yeah. oh yeah, they had that's yeah, but no, salmon will be in the uh, river. I'm honestly not the best fisherman. I really feel like I need to get out there more. Uh, and I don't know the times or anything or like barely. Kn- I know a few spots or like kind of where to go, but yeah, uh, my cousin goes a lot. So she's always like, hey, I got some extra guts. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think I think it's a better thing. Just trade her some veggies for the fish yeah. you know, or whatever. It's like easy. Yeah. Let the fishermen fish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's uh, that's cool. I mean, most most people, yeah, that's like you got an indigenous resource. That's awesome. Totally, totally. And I was just started teaching Saturday school and was telling the kids about fish and like how it's fertilizer and they've heard because they were like can't you put like fish poop in it and i was like probably heard of like aquaponics like in school and uh was talking to them like who like whose dad fishes like who who has fish waste at home like this is what you do with it and like it's a really cool saturday school it's uh very revolutionary so we're kind of going hands on and heads on with it and just kind of getting them into it. 
kind of exposing them, not like, hey, this is natural farming. It's like, hey, you can do this. Hey, you can do that. And like, this is natural, a way to farm. Like, it's cool. It's cool. Wow. I, I really like that idea. Like, like Saturday school where, where youth can come and like get, get, a um, you know, cause the, cause the school systems, you know, teaching them stuff, but, but I find, I find most of the kids, well, I find most of the kids kind of struggle in school if they don't have something to attach it to. Like, like for instance, like my, I always use this example cause it was so prevalent to me, but they were trying to teach the kids um, slope intercept form, you know, like Y equals MX plus B. And these were, yeah. these kids were like six, six and seventh, or I think they were seventh graders, but I was like, they're, they're never like, they couldn't get it because, but, but as soon as we went out, like if, if we went outside and we put a roof on a building and they said, okay, mm-hmm. how are we going to really like, figure something out? Yeah. How are we going to calculate from here so that we hit that side? How far down do we have to go? How far over do we have to go? you know, up and, you know, Y equals MX plus B. And now all of a sudden these kids would just be fantastic. So, so by, by recognizing that and like, and, and as a, as a youth and as someone who's like, can ed, like, I want to give them the education I wanted. It's like, okay. bro, having a Saturday school where you could like supplementary understand the lessons they're learning in school. And then at the same time, bring it to like natural farming, like, oh, we're going to build a chicken coop. Oh, today you're learning fractions. Okay. We're going to dilute these solutions. Okay. And then now, now it's like, Oh, how much do I add for this? And, and they'd have to do these calculations and, and they would do it because they have to versus yeah, when they get to school and they have paper. The chickens because they want to be a part of this bigger thing. They don't want to just like, Oh yeah, that's a number. Or like they want to measure it out. They want to look at it and make sure it's the right measurement because they feel proud when they're a part of something. And like, if you put them like, make them do something that they're not a part of like oh figure this out even though you don't have any likelihood of being in like a math like magician that's i mean not any likelihood they could be a math teacher it's not crazy but there's they don't set high standards on the kids and then they make them do the same thing that all the other high standard kids have to do so it just doesn't make sense. Well, and, and they can't, and they can't attach it to real life. Like a kid's looking at the Y equals MX plus B and they're like, when the hell am I ever going to use this? Versus if you had them in, in the, out in the field and you say, okay, we want to build a roof. We want to get from here to there. How do we get there straight across without, you know, how do we get exactly there? They would totally yeah. do Y equals MX plus B. They would do the thing and you could say, oh, here's an easier way to do what you just did. And then they'd be like, oh, and then that now they would like, so, I don't know. I mean, it's just backwards the way we teach of like, not, you know, the, the, I hear the ancient teaching used to be where you go to like a gymnasium or something. And it's like, you're just like in a, imagine you came to a garden, like a Saturday school where it's intergenerational. There's some adults there that are really skilled that can say, Oh, you're learning about um, slope intercept form. Well, let's go over to this house and look at it and and see how this goes. And do you see this? Oh, it's, it's rising this much. It's running that much. Oh, you can actually calculate how, how long this upper piece needs to be to go from there to there. And now you've done, you know, this whole equation that kids, you know, just blew their mind before because they, and so like more of this adult mentorship, like Saturday school, you know, I I don't know if I'm talking about what you're talking about, but when you mentioned that I got excited. Totally. And it's like, we're told we're talking to them about how they don't get what they need in school and like kind of explain why and show them what they do need uh involving the parents a bit trying to get them on the page i mean they're already enrolled in the saturday school um so it's their parents are already down some of the kids already knew about fungi. Like I didn't have, I had to, I was asking them like, all right, what's, what's the mushrooms really on? Or like, what do mushrooms grow on? And one of the kids actually knew. And he was like, hold on. Uh, I believe it's fungi. And I was like, yes, you already know. So they're, I got a really cool little group of kids and yeah, it's 
we'll we'll see. They're actually coming out. They're coming out to Brown Sugar Farms uh, next week, next Saturday. Gonna get hands on, just get their hands dirty, look at like my greenhouse, and like go inside and like feel the heat just off of a few pieces of PVC and plastic, and like see how easy we could set up a warm, dry area to propagate plants in a school or like somewhere, a church that wants to donate us a little plot. Um, and like how we could set up water maybe, but I, I barely, I barely have that set up. I'm getting there. Well, you know, you know what I, I, I mean, from what I catch, what you're saying is if you build it and you have it operational and then you have some youth come check it out, then they can see in their mind's eye how they can do it. And then you can't stop them like versus versus no. you try to go to their place and try to build it for them or like encourage them. They're going to be like, oh, no, no. but if they see yeah, it's exactly. working and then you say, why don't you try to do this? Then then they're going to be be innovative, creative. You don't really even have to teach them. They'll just try stuff like that's the way to they're going to be like, right? why aren't you using that 55 gallon barrel over there? We could just throw a little net. They can innovate you, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, this is how to engage the youth. This is how to make them learn is set a good example and say, okay, this is this is why I'm doing these things. And this is what's up, you know, feel the warmth. Oh, cool. And then later, they're like, oh, you know, when they see a problem, it's like, oh, it's cold in here. They're like, oh, I know the solution. Uh, Brown Sugar Farms taught me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like how simple it is and like, not simple. It's simple to get started. It's simple to get like into this. And then I think one big thing that's like changed my life is like the plants have protected me. They've like given me jobs. They've given me, I mean, cannabis uh. first and foremost has given me lots of different jobs uh, ever since high school. So it's from working with the product to working with the plant and now getting getting to work with seed and like it's it's like working at a store versus working at a farm like then going to the store and learning about natural food is not how you learn about natural food you go to a farm to learn about natural food like even the farmer's market you can only learn so much there when you're buying like you have to see it in the ground. You have to see how it grows. Um, before I started working at the nursery, I didn't know what a lot of plants looked like growing. Um, or before I started growing a lot of plants and going to a lot of nurseries and just city kid, like most, I don't expect most kids to know. They know more than I think sometimes. Well, that's that's an interesting idea. When when someone says tomato. In my mind, because I've been growing tomatoes like since a kid, I see a whole vine and a whole plant and these little yellow flowers that come out on these little clusters and these little suckers mm-hmm. that you got to prune. And but and I also see the fruit. But I think if you say to most people tomato, they just see like a sliced tomato in a in a hamburger. You know, like, like that's what comes to their mind. Box when they think of to- tomatoes at the store. Like, yeah, know. no idea even what the plant looks like that it grows this vine that you got to kind of prune and keep. You know. Yeah, like, it grows such a massive vine, and it is a vine. That's uh, interesting. The idea that farms in your head, though, like if you just say tomato, and it's like, what do you think of? And I'm, I think of all this like immense bit of the tomato, you know, the root mass, and yeah. And the Saturday school is, it's called West to West. So we're trying to take folks from the West Coast of the United States to the West coast of Africa. Ooh. Yeah. And it's, it's black African youth in the South area, which is basically a food desert. You know, they don't have any fresh food. All the food comes like they want their food from their homeland. So they have all these different stores that bring it in packaged and like because we can get it we're close to the bay area we get all these things and most of it we can grow there 
and it's just about setting it setting people up um yeah but trying to get them more recognized with plants because i feel like black people in general have been excluded from farms and the more i've been like farming and learning farming while black is like you're the oddball like you're the oddball in being black and you're the oddball in being farming (laughs) so double (laughs) double oddball like it's cool though it's cool i like it so 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 what you're saying is like like uh folks folks there want to eat their cultural foods like like cassava for instance yeah yeah exactly but then you're just buying it like cassava flour or something at the store but you could i I don't know if you could grow cassava there i think i think you can i think you can if if you if you could grow a banana bro you can grow cassava (laughs) cassava is the uh tapioca right correct so I think so, but it's a tree. I don't think it stays hardy through. It's only our... nine months, bro. So you could start it oh. indoor, transplant it out. I didn't know that. Oh my God, it. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Ears were so big. I thought they were just trees. Like everything was just trees. Well, I, you know, I, I let them know because they'll get about six feet tall, but they grow so fast, man. They're they're in three wow. months, they're that big. And then for the next, you know, six months, they, they just I'm going to have to try and see if I can source them because... I mean, I grow hibiscus, and I've yeah. got hibiscus started. If that grows, I mean, I you know, it's worth a try. You you may not you you may pull it early, maybe maybe only grow it six months, but at least now you got root, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think same as the hibiscus that I did last year, I got a good root in there, and there's still a bunch of life, and I've cut it back. I'm hoping it shoots out new things, and I'll have us like a second year hibiscus that will be even bigger than the ones i started from seed this year um but yeah i didn't know that thank you thank yeah you. just one yeah, more yeah. to add to the list oh yeah well so so i just had a, a brethren here from kenya oh and so he he was here and he was just because he but he's living he's living in ontario canada right now uh-huh. he was just he was here and he's he's about 70 so but he was just fucking in love because he's like, oh, all the plants you have are the exact plants that grow in Kenya. And he was just like, like, he's like in love with, you know, the, the yeah. papayas, the, the banana. The, yeah, and especially the cassava. He's like, this one, this one, this is gold. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, I'm hoping to go to Ghana to see what it's like this winter. Um, when I was in Hawaii and I was checking out some like chocolate things, some chocolate facts, I realized that Ghana, they're the number one cacao producer. In, in, um, in Korea, the, the chocolate bar, it's not called Hershey's. It's called Ghana. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Respect. It's it's Ghana bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good chocolate yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but like all the really important things there grow. And I feel like if they had natural farming, they'd be able to combat these fertilizer companies that are trying to come in. And I mean, you know, I imagine a fertilizer company is like some sort of pimp. You know, they're not going to be like, Hey, you have to do this. They're going to sweet talk you and like, oh, these look really nice, but you know what's going to be better? You know, show you some false picture, maybe get you to take their fertilizer or something. And then now you feel dependent on this stuff. Um, Well, 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 the thing is, is well, the thing is, it works in the short term, right? Like the first couple Mm -hmm. years I throw chems, bro, I'm going to fucking. Well, that's it for our free episode. So join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode and join the Microbial Secret Society. So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.